to be with you today. Uh, I, I've first time I've preached here, and um, man, I'm just uh, I'm stoked because I, I know why God led us to partner with with this with Ricky and with you guys because you're like us. It's an authentic place, and people are attracted to something that is real and authentic. They really are. Uh, and so I'm excited to be with you. It's been our privilege and pleasure to partner uh, with Ricky and I.D. and, and when, what God's going to do in the future with Taylor and Destiny and, and these other church planters. Man, we're excited about it. We want to be a part of it. And I'm glad God's allowed us to uh, connect in that way. And so um, you ever been, you know, as a kid, you remember when you got in trouble and uh, your dad or your mom came to you and said, what were you thinking? Well, I mean, I mean, really, what were you thinking? And then that's probably followed up by something like, you weren't thinking, were you? And, but the truth is, we were thinking. We were thinking about what we just did. We, we planned it in our mind what we were just going to do. Even though it might be stupid and crazy to our parents, we planned it out in our mind and we exacted the plan. Right? That's what we do. And so this idea of what were you thinking... Man, we need, to, we need to pay attention to that. Because in God's Word, there, there, there's a great importance on our minds and our thought life. He places a great importance there because God made us in such a way that we will always follow our dominant thinking. We will. Every, when we think something, we're going to follow that. And so we've got to be careful what's going on inside our knot, man. We've got to be careful what we're thinking. And so I want to talk to you about that this morning. Proverbs 23, 6 and 7, it says this, do not eat the bread of a miser. Now a miser is, is somebody who is, in, in the literal translation, is somebody who's wicked, they're no good, they're, they're, they're troubled, they're distressed. It's where we get our term miserable, okay? That's a miser. And so uh, don't eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies, delicacies. Verse 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And the miser says this, eat and drink, but in his heart, his heart's not with you. In other words, what his mouth is saying does not match what's inside his brain and his heart. And so what's coming out does not match the interior. And so this, this miser, he, he's saying, hey, come and join me and eat what I, uh, my food and, and drink what I have. But he's thinking, I hope you don't so I can keep it for myself. That's the miser. And so that, that passage in verse 7 is for us too. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So there's this idea that, man, our, the way we think is the way we're going to live. It is. It's every, everybody. Nobody's immune from this. The way we think is the way we live. That's why, listen to me, church, that's why the real war is for the battle of our minds. It's for control of our minds. Uh, back in eight, 1989, I did something real stupid. I mean, I was, I was a drunk anyway, and so I, I did this thing, you know, I, that's what I did, it was my thing, and, and so I, I, I'm, I'm hammered, and, and I'm, I'm, I want to go home. And nobody else at the club wants to go home, so I get in the car and drive home and get arrested for driving under the influence. And my parents would say, hey, what were you thinking? Well, I was thinking I was drunk and wanted to go home. That's what I was thinking. And so I made a plan and I did what my, my thought life was telling me to do. And so I made that decision and it was a bad one because it started right here. 
And so our thoughts, man, our thoughts literally shape. Think about this. Our thoughts shape our attitudes towards people. You see somebody walk up and they, they look a certain way and you immediately your mind goes, this is, how, this is who that person is. And somebody walks into a church and everybody's, nobody speaks to them and they go, oh, I know how this church goes. They make, they make up their mind. They start this thinking process. It shapes their attitude, shapes their actions, shapes their habits. Our thought life. So think about it. <laughs> no pun intended. Think about it. Our lives are controlled by our thoughts. So let's dive into this just a little bit. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded. Blinded what? Blinded the minds of the unbelievers. The people that refuse to accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, they've been blinded. Not only did they can't see it, but it's more of a seeing it in their mind. It's an understanding. They don't understand. The, the, the word blinded, it means to call someone not to understand. They just can't comprehend it. They can't, they can't get it. And so how is this accomplished? How does the enemy accomplish this blinding thing? Through deception. He deceives us. And so if I can deceive you, I can get you to do something that you probably wouldn't normally do, but because you think it's the right thing to do, you do it because you've been deceived. And that's what the enemy does. He, he deceives. That's why, mm, are y'all listening? See, if I ask you a question, you go, I am. Are you listening? All right, some of you still don't want to play, but that's all right. So the, the idea is that's why, because the enemy's a deceiver and he's a liar, right? Everything he says is a lie. That's his native tongue. And so everything he says is to try to get inside your mind and mine to deceive us to do the wrong thing. And that's why we must know the truth. Not the truth that the world says is the truth. The truth that God says is the truth. That's why we know the, need to know the Word. And so we... We know that there's this battle going on, and so Satan, blinding the minds of unbelievers, and he, the, he, because of his deception, it says they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They can't see it. They can't comprehend it. They don't get it. They don't get why you're here this morning at 10 o'clock. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to waste a Sunday when you could sleep in? They don't get it because they've been blinded can't see it they can't understand it so God here's the thing God obviously as well as Satan he knows that our thoughts lead to actions and our actions lead to behaviors and our behaviors lead to lifestyles it's just the way it works that's just the way it works and so if the enemy can get us he, he knows the enemy knows if he can get us to think wrong he can get us to do wrong, right? He may not come. To, he may come to us and say, "Hey, you ought to leave your wife for that other lady." And if he came to us in that kind of a, "Hey, do this thing," and we'd go, "Hey, that's crazy, man! I would never do that." So he just kind of drops hints every once in a while, and then you can see, see somebody on Facebook that you used to hang out with, and then for some reason one night you just decide you're going to message them, or they message you. And so this ball starts rolling because if he can get you to think wrong, he can get you to do wrong. And that's the way it works. And so, so God, obviously, God, God wants our minds influenced by his word, right? Because that's the truth. 
And so in Deuteronomy 8.3, it says this. Now, this, this, this verse that I'm getting ready to read to you is the same verse, if you, if you know the story of Jesus, where he's been fasting for 40 days, and he's out in the wilderness, and after 40 days of fasting, he's hungry. Guess who shows up? Satan shows up. And what does Satan say to him? Hey, why don't you turn them stones into bread? Have you figured this out, that Satan comes to us in our moments of weakness? That's when he shows up. Showed up with Jesus, moment of weakness. And, and so Deuteronomy 8.3 is what Jesus quoted to Satan in Luke chapter 4, verse 4. Here's what it says. Man does not live. Man does not exist. Man does not have his being on bread alone, on physical food. No, no, no. There's more to this life than the physical. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. See, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're not taking in the Word. You're dead spiritually. You got nothing in the tank and you got nothing to offer anybody else. And so as followers of Jesus, the reason when you accepted Christ and He didn't take you on to heaven, He left you here. He left me here so we could be representative of the King of heaven. And when we represent, there's sometimes we got to say something about Him. And if you ain't got nothing in the tank, you're going to keep your mouth shut. If you ain't walking with him, you sure ain't going to tell somebody about him. So we got to walk with him. We got to have the truth. We got to have the word in us because it gives us life as believers. It gives us that sustenance that we need to live our faith out in front of people. And so God wants our minds to be influenced, obviously, by his word, but the enemy wants uh, us to be influenced by the world. And within the world is our selfishness. He wants us to focus on ourself and what the world is saying. That's why so many people are so excited about how many people are watching on TikTok or all these other things because they want to know what people think. And so we have our, sometimes we have our, our, our focus in the wrong direction. And so Satan wants to influence our mind for the world. Ephesians chapter 2 talks about this. Starting in verse 1, it says, As for you, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. He says, As for you, church, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. It's past tense. He's talking to believers and he's saying, Past tense, you used to be dead. Spiritually speaking, you used to be dead. You used to be dead. And in your deadness, here's what you did. You followed the ways of the world. You listen to the world, you let the world influence your mind and then influence your actions. You followed the ways of the world. And here's what we don't know when we choose to follow the ways of the world, when we choose to separate ourselves from God, to chase after sin. Here's what we don't realize. And you followed the ruler of the kingdom of the air. So when we are walking with Jesus and we choose as believers to uh, chase after this, this, this thing, this temptation, and we go after that sin, we leave our relationship with Christ. We don't lose our salvation. We just leave the relationship. And we chase after this thing over here, but what we're doing is actually we're not following Christ anymore. We're following the devil. We're following the enemy. And so you follow the, the ways of the world and the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. All of you used to live this way at one time. See, the thing about church people, the thing about church people that I never liked is I'd walk in and I felt like because nobody spoke to me and I was so different that they didn't want me to be there. Some of you used to go to a church like that. You walked in, it was like, everybody knows my business and I don't want to be here and nobody speaks to me, nobody encourages me. It's not that way here. I'm so grateful it's not that way at our church because when somebody walks in, we believe 
that the Spirit of God has already been working to get them through the door. And so our job is to make them feel welcome in the house of God around the believers so that they can hear the truth. Because if you make them feel unwelcome when they walk through the door, some they're not listening to anything that is sung or said. But you make them feel welcome like their family and you've been waiting on them to come over, they'll listen. When you're authentic and you're real, you do that fake stuff. Ain't nobody wants none of that. But when you're real, people want that. And so at one time, this church, these people used to be that way. He said, you're not that way anymore. You used to live according uh, among them, that gratifying the cravings of your flesh, of your sinful nature, and following its desires and, what's that say? Thoughts. It begins with thoughts. Okay? So spiritual deadness happens when we chase after and follow the wrong thoughts that come into our mind. And so the enemy knows that this thing about our mind will direct our actions. And so he's consistently planting thoughts in your mind and mine. He's doing it through TV. He's doing it through Facebook. He's doing it through people constantly. There's a barrage every second of every moment coming at me and you. These thoughts are coming in like arrows. And so, man, we've got to protect this up here. We've got to protect the mind because we know we will act on what's here. So this is the battle, man. This is, this is where it all happens because he who controls the thoughts controls the person. He who controls the thoughts controls the persons. So if we want our minds influenced by the word of God, what do we do? I know it's kind of a stupid question. We get in the Word, right? That's what we do. We do what God told Joshua. Remember Joshua? Joshua, who was the guy who took the leadership baton from Moses after Moses died. Moses led the people of Israel. God put him in that position to lead the people of Israel, God's people. Moses did that for many years. Moses raised up a guy named Joshua. It's kind of his protege. It's kind of his right-hand guy. And, and then Moses died. The baton is passed to Joshua. Now Joshua's leading the people. And so this is his first gig as leader. And so God sends an angel, and we believe it's the incarnate Christ. And he says in verse 8 of Joshua chapter 1, it says, this is what that person, this is what the, uh, the Lord told Joshua. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Some translations say don't let it depart from your mouth. It's not, it's not saying don't, don't say anything, don't say the word. What he's saying, it should always be in my mouth, always on my lips, ready to be spoken. And see, if something's in my mouth ready to come out, it needs to be already in my heart. It's there and it's getting ready to always keep it on your lips. Have it ready to speak the truth in love. And so he says, keep this book of the law. I like the way the New Living Translation says it. It says, study this book of instruction continually. Not just on Sunday morning. See, if Sunday morning is all the word you're getting, again, you're starving to death spiritually. It's not enough. Try to eat one meal a day. I mean a week. One meal a week. See how physically fit and how vibrant and energetic you are. You're not. You don't have it. Same idea spiritually. Study this book of the law continually. The, the, um, the, the NIV, keep this book of the law always on your lips, and it says meditate on it day and night. 
I believe day and night. Yes, it's a physical day in the morning and in the evening. All, I believe it's talking about a 24-hour period. Yes, I do. But I believe it's talking about also in the day. The Scripture uses the, the daylight, the sunlight, when things are well. Right? So when things are good, meditate on the Word. And when it's nighttime in your house, when it's nighttime in your heart, when it's nighttime in your life, when things aren't going well, when life seems to be unraveling, meditate on the Word. Meditate on it. Not just flippantly read it, but meditate on it. it you know, the word meditate means to ponder. It means to give, give serious uh, thought and consideration to this thing that I'm reading. And, and I'm reading something, and, and one of the things that I have taught people over the years, and I've done myself, is I read a passage, and then sometimes a verse stands out to me. That's the Spirit of God saying, look here again. Meditate here. Ponder here. And He will do that to you and to me. And so it, it, means, it means to ponder, to give serious consideration to, but there's a second meaning to that word meditate. It means to plan a course of action. So when I meditate on the Word, here's what happens. The Lord helps me in areas that I'm weak in, in areas that I've been tempted in. And I ponder it, I think through it, I consider it, and then I plan a course of action based on not my feelings or my thoughts, based on the Word. I plan that course of action. And He says, meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything written in it. So that we will be in, see, this thing, this, this, this idea of the Word influencing us, there, there's an element of obedience there too. It's one thing to know it here. It's quite another to live it out. Somebody talk to you. Somebody say amen. Just help me out here. It's one thing to know the Word up here. Have it stored in your mind. It is another to let that thing work out in your life. And that's what we need to be doing. He says, so after you've done this, after you've meditated day and night so that you be careful to do anything, and it says then. So after meditating, after pondering, after considering, after obedience, and after planning a course of action, then you will be prosperous and successful. The word prosper and successful is a phrase that means to thrive. It means to be in God's favor. And if there's anything as believers, man, we want to be in God's favor. Because I, I know at my house when I was growing up, if I wasn't in my mama's favor, that meant I was in trouble. And I'd probably done got a lashing. See, kids don't get it like we got it back then. My mama used to beat the fool out of me. And, and it, she needed to because I was a fool, right? Uh, so after, you know, this idea, it means to be in God's favor, to be victorious, to be useful. Man, we want to be useful for the kingdom because we're his representatives here. He needs us to be useful. And so we got the word and, and its influence in our life. And so there's a war going on. There is a war going on, and Paul taught about this war of the mind to the church in Rome. And it says in verse 5 of Romans chapter 8, those who live according to the flesh, the flesh is our sinful nature, those who live according to that sinful nature have their minds set on what the flesh desires. So their, their mindset is on, I'm going to do whatever feels good to me. We live in a feel-good generation, man. We're going to do what feels right to us, even though it could be based on a lie that just came from the enemy in our mind. We're going to do what feels right. 
And so he says, uh, those that have their minds set on the flesh lead desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. That's where we ought to live. And so this, this idea of living, it means to exist. It means to have your being. The flesh there, again, that sinful nature. Let me give you a, a little bit longer definition to that to give us a little bit greater understanding of this idea of the flesh. It is the psych, it's a long definition. So are you listening? Say I am. All right, good, good, good. Um, the psychological, don't get lost in the definition, okay? All right. The psychological aspect of human nature, okay, or our own human reasoning, our thinking, the psychological aspect of human nature, which is in contrast, it is against the spiritual nature in relationship to God. Or, or, or what we would say, life in the Spirit. And so the flesh is in direct contrast with what God wants. Are you with me? Say, I am. Okay. And, and this mindset comes from the same root word as meditate, to ponder, to dwell on, to keep thinking. Okay. So the mind, verse six, 6, the mind governed, this way of thinking governed by the flesh is death. I mean, I meet people, I, I, I've counseled people over the years, uh, a lot of people in marriages and Men, when one in the marriage allows their mind to be set on the flesh, and it often comes from the phone, when I'm by myself, when I'm alone, and I think nobody's watching. All right? Are you with me, guys? I know how that, I know the struggle. All right? And so we've got to be careful because what happens is in that moment, when I keep chasing after what the flesh wants it will affect my marriage yes it will affect my relationship with jesus it'll affect my relationship with my wife it will affect my relationship with my kids and so i've seen the death of many marriages because one was following after the things of the flesh and that's what he says. The mind governed by the flesh is death. It's going to die. Something's going to die if we keep walking that road. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. And that's what we want. But we've listened to the wrong voices in our head thinking that that outside there is better than what I got right here. And so we dwell on that. We ponder the wrong thoughts and then we do the wrong things. We take the wrong actions and so verse 7 it says the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God it's hostile to God uh, and it does not submit to God's law nor can it and so you know I, I, I just look at our country look at where we are as a society man we're in a mess because minds in charge are governed by the flesh and I ain't listening, I ain't talking about no political party either. I'm just talking about people in charge that have the loudest voices from Hollywood all the way to the White House. They're leading according to the flesh. They're governed by the flesh. So they're hostile to the things of God. I mean, just watch the news, read the paper. See, in America, you can be anything you want. Okay? Uh, and I hope this doesn't offend anybody. It's just the dang truth, all right? See, in America, a male can identify as a female. And the world goes, yay, that's awesome. 
And we'll even let that male that's identifying as a female uh, compete in female sports. Yay, that's awesome. What in the world? So, do we have in America females that can identify as males? And the world goes, yes, amen. And we've got people, listen, listen to this, people identify as animals. And the world is like, wow, yeah. See, you can be anything you want to in America except a follower of Jesus. They're hostile to that notion. They're hostile to that. And so these people that are messed up or have got wrong thinking, it doesn't mean we're against them. We want them in our church because we want them to understand the truth and understand that they're being duped in their minds. We want them here. We're not against them. We want them here because we want them to get the truth. John 15, 19 says this, The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you're no longer part of the world. You were, you know, I chose you, Jesus said, I chose you to come out from the world. I chose you for that. And because of that, the world hates you. The world hates you when you stand for the truth because it's not politically correct anymore. And so the world hates us. And so we know it's coming. We knew it was happening. It's happening today. So Paul also taught about this thing at the church of Galatia as well. Let me read that to you. It says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, So I say, walk by the Spirit. Let the Spirit guide your lives. And then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. See, when we are full of the Spirit, we don't carry out what our nature, our sinful nature wants because we're full of Him. Then you won't carry out what the sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, uh, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. The two forces are constantly fighting each other. See, when we were born, we were born as sinners because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden. We were born sinners. So we were born with a dead spirit inside of us. We are made up of three uh, unique parts a body which you see a soul which is invisible but it's, it's our thoughts our will and our emotions and we are made up of a spirit because we're created in God's image he's a spirit we're created as a spirit but we are born and our spirit is dead inside of us that's why Jesus when he's talking to Nicodemus he says Nicodemus says how can I enter how can I have eternal life and he says you got to be born again and Nicodemus goes that's crazy man how can I go into my mother's womb a second time and be born hey I ain't talking about physical I'm talking about that dead spirit inside of you see when we come to Christ the dead spirit inside of us is resurrected it's born again but you know what your soul is not your mind will and your emotions that's in the process of being rescued and delivered. Because when you come to Christ, you still got stinking thinking, right? We still think wrong, even though we're believers. And so our spirit, we got to feed our spirit the Word of God so that it can in turn move out to the soul, to the mind, to the will, to the emotions, and it changes that. But that's the process. It's called sanctification. The body's just going to keep breaking down. Until we get on the other side. Ain't no hope for it. I mean we can do a lot of stuff to it. And put a lot of makeup on it. and do a, It's breaking down. I'm 54 years old. It breaks down. Alright. 
So that's how we're made up. And so this idea, man, we, there's this battle going on. And so we got to feed the Spirit so that it can move out to the soul, to our thinking, and to our emotions. We make a lot of decisions based on our emotional state, don't we? See, there, there, there are people right now today, they're making a decision to end their life based on how they feel emotionally. And it's a lie from the enemy. They're thinking wrong, and then the enemy can get them to do wrong. We've got to think right. We've got to think right. So how do we stay on top of our thought life? How do, we, how do we stay on top of this thing? Because they're rapid fire for me and you. You've already thought a thousand thoughts by you being in here and saying, is he still going? What are we having for lunch? Where are we going? I wonder if they're going to be there. All that's going on. And we've got to deflect some of those things to get the truth. And so how do we stay on top of it? Hebrews chapter 12, I mean verse 4. Uh, chapter 4, verse 12, says, The Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, and the joints and the marrow. Dividing the soul and the spirit. What we just talked about, we think wrong, and so we need the Word of God to come in and divide our spirit from the wrong thinking, and then we get the Word of God in our spirit, and then it infects our thinking. It infects our soul. See, the word can get down deep into that thing that is causing me and you to do the wrong thing. And sometimes that thing has become a root of bitterness that the scripture talks about. You were hurt as a kid. You were abused as a child. There's something that causes us to think wrong. And when bad things happen in our lives, the enemy capitalizes on it. And he comes in and he says, the reason that they're gone is because of you. You're no good. You're no good. You, you, you're useless. And we begin to think like that. There's a guy years ago who used to be in the ministry to help men and women with same-sex attractions. And so he grew up in a home where he had a sister, an older sister, and she was the prom queen. She was athletic. She was very smart. And then he comes along, and he's not any of those. Dad gives all of his attention to the prom queen, and the other kid is left kind of home with his mom and hanging out in the kitchen. And so that does something to a boy when his dad doesn't want him and he's influenced by a female all the time. It just does something to his thinking, okay? And so uh, the way he was effeminate, he was a little effeminate, uh, and so he goes to school and people said he's queer, said he's gay, and all these other things are happening in his life. Dad's not around. Dad doesn't want him. He feels inferior. Everybody's telling me this thing, and all those thoughts are coming into his mind. So what does he do? He acts on what he's thinking. Because there was nobody there to tell him, that's not the way God wants you to think. That's not who you are. That's not who he made you to be. And so we got to think. So our world is, you say that out there? They're, they're gunning for you. And I know that. I'm just telling you, that's not the way God made us. And I, we love those people. You know, I've been wrong in my thinking before and I needed somebody to come alongside of me to help me think properly according to the word. It's not we're against people that think wrong. I mean, we want to help you because we've had our thinking changed. So it, it, this is this idea that we, we, we take the word and it penetrates between, uh, between the soul and the spirit, between our natural man thinking 
and the thinking that comes from the Spirit of God. We've got to have the Word in us. We've got to have it in us because it'll expose our thoughts. It'll expose our intentions. It'll expose the wrong ways that we're thinking. So if we don't spend time in God's Word, then our innermost thoughts, okay, that we're getting from TV, we're getting from Hollywood, we're getting from Facebook, we're getting from people, those thoughts that come in that may not be from God, most of them aren't, we, we, if we're not in the Word, then those thoughts go unchecked. We have nothing to check them against. And we just begin to think that's who we are. Maybe I am that way. And so if that thinking is not undone and changed, then you act in that vein. So we need the Word. We need the Word in us so that it can help us change our thinking. This is a prayer I think is good for all of us to pray. And uh, I'm done after this. Somebody say amen. Good Lord. Y'all want me to go more? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> this, this is a prayer. It's a, it may be a dangerous prayer. I don't think it is. But it's a prayer that I've prayed often and probably something we could use more of is Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, and it says this, Search me, O God, and know us in my heart. God, I'm just, I, I, I know you know me already, but would you search me? And would you unleash, unveil, show me what's in my heart, test me, and know my thoughts, my anxious thoughts. And, and Lord, point out in anything in me that I don't see. Point out anything in me that offends you. And, and when you show me that, help me to go the other way. Lead me on the path of righteousness. That will help us to go, God, am I thinking wrong? Have I accepted something in my heart that is not from you, that's from the world? God, search me. Show it to me. And when you show it to me, help, to, help me to obey and run to you. And run to the path of righteousness. Man, we got to have our minds right, don't we? We got to have our minds right as followers of Christ because this thing is going to lead these things every single time every time so I pray man I'm really praying I'm doing a series on this with my church because I think it's so important so important that we understand how this works and what happens when we act on these thoughts let's act on godly thoughts that's where we need to take action. So, I want to pray for you. And uh, my music guy, you want to come and play something? We'll do a little quick invitation. Is he here? Did he leave the building? He's gone. He's taking care of the kid. Would you come up and sing something real quick? Mind doing that? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you mind? Um, just, uh, you know, what we want to do. Here, here's the thing. It's one thing to hear it. But what does God want you to do because of what you heard? I believe God always wants me and you to respond in some way to what I just heard. I just heard the word. What does God want you to do in response to what you just heard? It may not be nothing. But if there's an urging in your heart to come and pray, 
to come and talk to one of your leaders, to come and just meditate on the Lord? I don't know what God wants you to do. The question is, do you know Christ? Have you been born again? That's the beginning. And if you don't know Jesus, all you got in your thinking is the thinking of the world. Man, you need to know Christ because He's the truth. And I got to know the truth because that's the right thing to act on. Not on what I think, not on what the world says, but on the truth. All right? So I want to pray for us. Would you stand with me? Stand with me real quick. Thank you for listening this week. To learn more about ID Clifton, including our gathering times, small groups, and upcoming events, check out our website at idclifton.com. Again, thank you for listening to the ID Clifton podcast. And remember, love God and love others. See you next week.